Hi guys, I'm Kristen and this is Carla. Hi. Join us as we explore origin stories and fun facts or something. actually remember our theme song half the time so i'm just dancing to like whatever (laughs) i remember it pretty well you idiot how dare you hi hi (laughs) so listeners behind the scenes you guys are gonna get like a inside scoop christy and i were fighting about water drinking (laughs) yeah Yeah, we just had a fight before we got on not a real real fight but not a real one Oh my god, I don't or think was it. <laughs> yeah, or was it? Da, da, da. I was telling Carla she needs to drink more water and she's arguing with me that it's bad for the environment or for people or for chimpanzees because in the Africa. Ladies, they were like, please stop wasting water and using so much it's water. It's not a waste if you're drinking it for yourself. You need what it if, to live and what, feel just better. Arguments like, what if? <laughs> but why don't you have fruits and veggies? I do. <laughs> Lots of them, half a plate. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you could argue that um, the water used to grow those fruits and veggies is more than the water that you would just drink straight. Well, actually, I only used a few liters for my cukes <laughs> all summer. So there, don't bring that up you. with the gardener. <laughs> no, you're right. No, you I forgot that I'm to. dealing with like the the master arguer. No, I'm actually not actually like saving water. I'm just trying to d- move my water usage to things I care a little more about like me I want to water my garden right and yeah. my flowers which is a waste for some people they're like you don't <laughs> yeah. need plants you don't need to have this and well, that and I'm like you just I, needed an argument when I told you if you want to feel better and feel more energetic drink water uh-uh. and lose weight. no I just don't like the only <laughs> water is the answer because I have lots of milk it's not only water I have lots of fruits I have lots of yeah. veggies Fluids. Look, I have to defend myself. I just sit here not drinking water. <laughs> no, you don't. You just oh. take what I tell you and be like, yes, ma'am, you're right. <laughs> because you raise your eyebrow. <laughs> you guys, Kristen raises her eyebrow at me, which doesn't mean I'm just telling you a fact. It's like, listen to me because I'm right. <laughs> None of my of eyebrows I get are triggered. constantly raised, though, because that's how I walk through life, just telling everybody I'm right all the time. <laughs> okay, Basically. shut up. Tell me about your trip because you I don't know anything. You guys. <laughs> Chrissy just came back. I was to- Uh oh, I called you Chrissy. I'm in big trouble now. You guys are not allowed such to call her. Big that. trouble. I know. Kristen oh came back from her trip. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was an accident. Um my trip was awesome. Yeah. It was good. It was with my mom. We did a road That's trip. It? The Oregon coast, I forgot how much I love it there. Like those beaches I are I saw your picture. Phenomenal. And I'm like oh. <laughs> It's And yeah. we went to Crater Lake, which is so cool. Ooh. In Oregon, it was like surprise. I didn't really know anything about it, but my mom really wanted yeah. to see it because she hasn't gone there before. Yeah. So we made a trip to go see that, and it was like super cool. Oh. We stayed in some dodgy motels and then some nice hotels, and yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was quite the highlight. <laughs> highlight yeah. reel. We stayed in some dodgy hotels. We saw a lake. The end. Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, I don't know what else. <laughs> I loved it. It was like classic road trip. It was good. Okay. You guys, I'm beside myself because it's been raining and raining and then getting hot and sunny and then raining some more. 
Oh my gosh, the garden must be loving it. Who cares about the garden? Mushrooms, you guys. Years <laughs> oh, of like yeah. hot, dry summers. We haven't had any foraging opportunities. And I'm just like ready to shoot myself. But this year, there's a good chance there's going to be mushrooms. But I'm leaving for a week in July, like prime mushroom time. And I'm like, why me? Uh, you'll have to find some mushrooms when you come to BC. You guys don't have, have any have mushrooms. mushrooms. <laughs> Not good we ones. We have other good things like... Great you guys have probably all the fancy mushrooms, like morels and like the things that are like. Maybe know. my mom found a morel the other day, like I think outside of her house or something. And I was like, "That's a, I think that's a pretty fancy oh, she mushroom. Be you could careful. you could sell that. <laughs> she can, and it is that specific mushroom. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. morel or morel, but they. I don't know if I mentioned this already on the podcast, but if people get extremely territorial with that, to the oh, point right. where it's almost like dangerous if you're <laughs> not careful because it is such a so high money like, funny high value thing how it like you can look at any kind of industry or any kind of <laughs> niche anything and there yeah. are always these like intense people that that is <laughs> their know. life and they know yeah. everything there is to know about it and they know all the people in it like yeah it just makes me so laugh so hard that that's how humans operate where we oh, all even, and like the maple syrup feel this thing? need to find our right? thing you know it's insane how intense that gets the maple syrup it's like <laughs> yeah. these whole wars with like full-on like theft and like for like <laughs> fake maple syrup and i'm like oh like like it's terrifying so that kind of mushrooming i'm like you guys have it but i get it's weird you get competitive anyway because i don't even eat them i think that's why you like it oh like in a good way like it's fun that's fun where you're like i like what are we we gonna get bird watching where i like actual like pursuit and finding stuff like that's fun but i didn't realize that that darker side would come out because as soon as i see someone with like a shopping bag or anybody who's like eastern european yeah <laughs> it's that immediate like you're like why are they there let's get yeah. like we have oh, to get there before they we were there. once racing with a truck <laughs> down this like really good mushroom stretch and we were both like trying to like you know outpick each other i'm like this is so stupid but you just get so into <laughs> but that's what makes it so fun. That's what yeah. why that kind of stuff well, is fun. Like, that part I actually don't like. I get real. I don't like that I get competitive because it's like oh. that dark side of me where it's like. Don't, and my dad, he once told family member where we pick mushrooms. I almost lost it on him. I was like, <laughs> you never reveal mushroom spots. You just don't. <sighs> anyway. You're going to be that person that everybody talks about where it's like she got really into the mushroom thing and then she murdered some, like, mushroom picker guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Am I going first? By the way? I think so, yeah. Okay. It's the reason I just suddenly shifted is... You did the origin of mushrooms. No. Oh. We said, or else, and you mentioned murder, and oh. something just celebrated its 30th year on the air... Do you know what it is on TV? Dateline. Yes. Yay! You guys, we're doing Dateline origin story today, and we're doing oh, yeah. bios of the main hosts. Oh my gosh! So we can kind of see amazing. how our favorite people ended up on Dateline. I love this because on our road trip, I made my mom binge listen to all the Dateline podcast episodes, <laughs> and she's like, but she watches it on TV because she still yeah. has normal cable. So like. <laughs> 
sometimes she'd be like, well, I heard this one already. And then, like, at the end, I was like, do you want another Dateline? She's like, well, I've heard all of them. I'm like, you've heard, you've watched, she's like, I basically have watched all the Dateline episodes. And I was like, oh, no, you should have told me earlier. But also, I think we we're, like, halfway through an episode. But also, like, I'm going to finish listening to this one. Yes. Yeah, right. I have to. I know. You have to. You can just walk away, like, halfway through. Yeah. Yay. This is so fun. Oh, right? my gosh. Okay. There's Amazing. not that much info to share. So I love it. We I can just care. chat a whole bunch. But yeah. It's my favorite. Show. I was, I have never had so much fun researching something that I actually wanted to research. I'm like, <laughs> that's what research is supposed to feel like. Oh, little <laughs> side note. Okay. YouTube had this link where they were like um, celebrating, I think, tarot cards or readings or something on their thing. Okay. And then yeah. they had this kind of fun feature where you click on it and you could get like a free. Like, you know, just online kind of tarot reading where you pick a card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I always do fun, stupid, I like, love that online kind of quiz things. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> I did it. And then I was, like, quietly <laughs> quite moved by the one because my, I forgot what it's called, like, your main card that they pick, soul card or something. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I forgot it what it was. Keith Morrison? <laughs> <laughs> no. The description of it, they're like, yeah, you're, like, a researcher at heart and you should, like... Uh. And you love research, and that's your, like, passion. And I was sitting there like, <laughs> I hate you. Oh, that's awesome. I kind of hated it, because I hate research, but I also love it. And I'm like, it's you true, I have it. to research. I, I hate it. love it, too. It's the same thing. I love, like, <laughs> finding out about stuff, but I hate it when there's not a succinct spot that I can just, <laughs> someone can just tell me. Because I always, like, I'm so yeah. curious about everything, right? I'm like, I do like what about that? I ones where, like... Just finding information is like when I get to actually go into the old newspapers and that kind of thing. Like, Ooh, yeah. and you know, when you pe- kind of you're trying to do the bigger picture, that I like. Yeah. I'm much really more of like happening. an investigator rather than a researcher. Mm. Like, I like investigating things, but I don't yeah. like having to like show my work, so to speak. You know? That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Which okay, is why this podcast is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Investigative Ooh. reports. Wait a second. <laughs> Well, <laughs> let's change our name to Dateline. <laughs> you know what? Okay, you're going to see Dateline wasn't Why always Dateline. Why is it Dateline. called Dateline? Yeah, what a weird oh, name. I don't have that answer, but whatever. <laughs> classic. Classic us. We always ask each other the question that we don't have an yeah. answer to. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't even anticipate that question. All right. A lot of the internet was useless to me, totally. Of course. Yeah. But then mentalfloss.com came along with their wonderful oh. random articles. I'm like, thank I love you. Mental floss. <laughs> yeah. And they had like a pretty good like uh, rundown of like lots of things. I'm like, oh, actual information. Because there's a surprising lack of information out there. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so journalists, I guess, are really private. I don't know. When it's going to the bios I think, and like, stuff. The internet in general is just a big void where it's like there's yeah. enough information for people to think that there's a, an abundance of information. Yeah, that's true. But it's all just the one little kernel of a fact yeah. that's repeated in seven different ways. Yeah. So when you, you actually search for biographies, you're like, this is skimpy. There must be yeah. more. But, oh, well. Anyway. All right. In March 31st, 1992, Dateline debuted. You guys, 1992. That's a long time ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty cool that it's like in its 30th season right now. That's awesome. I know. We're doing Dateline. 
And we're going to do the mini bios, like I said, of Andrea Canning, Dennis Murphy, Josh Mankiewicz, Keith Morrison, and Lester Holt. Lester Holt. Oh my God, can I tell you that funny story? I'm sure I've shared this with you before about my mom. No. Or maybe. Tell it. So (laughs) this was shortly after Lester Holt came out as gay, right? But he's not. He's not? I thought he came out as gay. That's what I thought. And then apparently he's married to a woman. Okay. Weird. How? Double check, though. Okay. Anyway. Continue. Yeah. Uh, that's when maybe there was talk about it or something. I'm sure he came check. out. That's it's what weird. I thought. Okay. Anyway, there was like talk about him in the news at that point. And my mom says to me, <laughs> we were watching Dateline at some point, And she was like, <gasps> she was like, did you know that Lester Holt and I finished the sentence? I'm like, yeah, he's gay. And she was like, no, what? No. Like, who cares about that? She's like, did you know that he's black? <laughs> And I was like, what are you talking about? How did you not know that he was African-American? Like, how did you know? And I was like, she's like, I just thought he was really tanned. I'm like, what What is happening? I was laughing. I still make fun of her. I made fun of her in the car on our road trip about it. She's still shocked about it, that it's the craziest thing she's ever learned. And I'm like, but you can see him. Like, how did you Oh my gosh, I almost killed myself laughing about it. It's like, but it's very, I think it's very obvious. Like, I don't, it's just not a questionable thing, right? No, it's not. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. But yeah, Google, no, he's not. He's married. What? Double check. Yeah, that's what I know. I I thought the same thing. That's so weird. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I well, know. then he's not gay. Okay. Or he is? Question mark. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is off to a great start. <laughs> I almost said a banging start. I'm like, ugh, with the, like, crappy metaphors. <laughs> All right, guys. Across the stormy prairies. We have to do, like, those dramatic beginnings, like, on oh day my one, like, like yep. wax poetic. Okay. <laughs> For those who don't know, because here we are just gabbing about Dateline, Dateline is on the NBC network. It's actually called Dateline NBC because there's Dateline shows in other parts of the world. So I don't know how those are connected. But um, it's a weekly television news magazine. That's what they usually call it. Um, It started as a general interest news magazine show. But now it mainly focuses on true crime stories where they interview witnesses, survivors, families of the victims, experts, detectives, lawyers... And then they still sometimes do um, the occasional episode, like, say, about, I think, like, hurricanes or something like that, or, like... Right, like, natural disasters. Political things. Yeah. They'll kind of... um... So, this is Dateline's actual definition of themselves. I thought I should share it, because it's... I don't know why. (laughs) Filler? (laughs) I don't know. I'm kidding. Okay. Yes, it's filler. <laughs> Dateline is NBC's signature news magazine, bringing viewers' storytelling at its best. Our stories <laughs> range from compelling mysteries to powerful documentaries and in-depth investigations. When major news breaks, we go to the scene, putting the pieces together to bring you the full picture. And in every story we tell, we help the real people who lived in the events share their journeys with you. On the air since 1992, Dateline is the longest-running primetime program on NBC. 
Whoa. Her work has been honored time and again with broadcast journalism's highest awards. So again, Lester Holt, he's the principal anchor. He's joined by correspondents Andrew Canning, Josh Mankiewicz, Keith Morrison, and Dennis Murphy. Or Dateline Dennis, as we like to call him. Yeah. <laughs> but let's go back in time. During the 90s, news magazines were a very popular TV format. There were shows like 60 Minutes... 48 yeah. hours, primetime yeah. live, like, so all the major networks had something. And on these shows, the reason they had them is because they cost, like, basically half the money of, like, a sitcom to produce. So oh. they were, like, a kind of like a cheap form of entertainment, I guess. Right. Well, and, and that was kind of, like, before the 24-hour news cycle came out, too. So yeah, it was, like, exactly. kind of a way to, like, tell news without it being, like, having to be this relevant, like, timely thing. Like, they could produce and, stuff, right? Right. And it was definitely about, like, doing more in-depth looks at things, but also, like, those kind of human interest stories. I'll get a little bit more into that right. later. But, like, um, so the show, um, oh, wait. This is an important stuff. Okay, so NBC, meanwhile, they had no luck with their news magazine shows. According to one source, over the course of 24 years, uh, 24 years, the network launched 17 shows that just didn't go anywhere. So they really, really couldn't get Whoa. this, like, news magazine thing down. I don't know why. Yeah. But then they said <laughs> the 18th time would be the charm, and they created Dateline. Oh, my gosh. Right. Uh, it aired only on Tuesdays, and Stone Phillips and Jane Polly were the co-anchors. So oh it had, like, two, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember if 60 Minutes started. Like, I think they all had, like, multiple anchors, those kind of fancy shows. Right. Um, this is a quote from somebody. I forgot who. When creating their news magazine, NBC looked back at two of its failed half-hour shows, which had both lasted just one season apiece. Real Life with Jane Pauley, which focused on human interest stories, and then Tom Brokaw's Exposé, which was all about <laughs> hard-hitting investigative journalism. Mm -hmm. The network took those two approaches and threw them together, hiring Pauley and Stone Phillips to co-anchor. Right, so now cool. you're getting a better picture of what Dateline right. was supposed to be, or 60 Minutes or any of those, right? Yeah. They sometimes followed the 60 Minutes format in that they started with a three-story per hour structure, right? Oh, so okay. It wouldn't just be one story. Yeah. In the old days, when we watched, it'd be like, oh, a look into uh, hidden camera stuff or whatever. And then there'd be like, um, let's talk to Barbara Walt. No, not Barbara Walters. Who's famous? <laughs> not Barbara Walters. <laughs> you talk to a reporter. <laughs> let's, in let's interview her to come on to our show. Oh, here. I oh, have yeah, an example. in 2020 there was. Yeah. Right? Okay, mm -hmm. sorry. Here's the actual example, not me trying to make one up. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I did this a while ago. <laughs> um, they combined, like I said, the investigative stories and feel-good stories. The first episode of Dateline had a story about people dying from getting the wrong medications, right? Yeah. Then a story about two adults with Down syndrome. And they ended the show with a story about Michael Jordan's gambling problem? <laughs> Question mark? It's just a gambling. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> right? So they're kind of like... Yeah. Okay. They, that's how they lure people in. They're like, let's do a serious right. show, th story, feel-good story, and celebrity story. Right. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so executive producer Neil Shapiro, he was like, um, you may get some little stories or you may get one big takeout on an important story. And there will be some things at the end of the magazine that make you laugh or chuckle or something. Um, 
it's nice to acknowledge that our lives are more than just big, important stories about corruption in Washington. Sometimes it's just about what's the hot book, what's the dopey trend in movies, what's the cool special effect that everybody's talking about. Unfortunately, the show was nearly cancelled a year after its premiere um, over one of their episodes called Waiting to Explode. <laughs> they got into a huge lawsuit thing with General Motors because in this program, they, um, what's that called? When you, um, they staged what would happen, like, because there's oh. the report, like, the reports were that um, certain trucks would explode on impact, something about the gas tank being in a certain position in the truck or something. Oh, okay. But Dateline staged what would, in theory, happen. Right. Inaccurately as well. They weren't very accurate. Okay. Um, and GM was like, okay, Dateline, like... You can't show that, because that didn't actually happen, but exactly. that's going to be and taken And you didn't tell as... the viewers that you staged it, right? Oh. So that was the big thing. Oh. So they were kind of like, this is what happens, and they're kind of like, no, that you fixed, right? right? Like, yeah. Um, and they exaggerated some claims. Um. So what really happened is more than 2,000 people were killed between 1973 and 2009 due to the problem, which obviously is past, like, the premiere of the thing. But still, like, right. people have known about this since the 70s. Yeah. Um, but they just, no matter what, Dateline just wasn't accurate anyway, right? They didn't disclose the right. staging. So NBC had to issue an on-air apology for their mistake, right? Oh, okay. But they somehow got through i guess um so they found a balance of like lighthearted stuff and um they covered stuff like the finale of popular sitcoms right so like oh, they okay, felt yep. like friends and that kind of thing and yeah. a lot of people criticized them like first they were criticized for copying 60 minutes or 48 hours then they were copied or criticized for like dedicating a whole hour to like their own nbc shows like friends right yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. kind of like you guys like <laughs> but um, another show on NBC at the time was converted to Dateline Wednesday. So they're realizing that people kind of are digging this whole Dateline business. So they added thing. Okay. And then after some time, they expanded to a third night on Fridays. Then they had four shows. Whoa. And by 1999, they were on five nights a week. I remember that actually. When they were on like... Holy cow. Yeah. Um, but viewers were like, that's that. a little much. So yeah. <laughs> they scaled back. Because it's only once like, a week now, I think. Yeah. Or yeah. two nights maybe, because they have Friday and then they have the the two-hour It, de it depends, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, from 1995 to 1999, they became like even more popular. Um, and it was a top 10 show every week. Various big name anchors appeared on the show during the early 2000s, and the show like moved from studio to studio. So they were kind of like, you know, the big deal, but trying to figure out like where they should, you know, uh, set up shop, I guess. Um, right. Between 2004 and 2008, a hugely popular segment aired on the show. Can you guess what it is? Was it that like the. Um the hidden camera, like yeah. catching the pre to catch a predator type yeah. thing. Chris Hansen's ah. to catch a predator. Uh, <laughs> for people who don't know, they lured child predators to a house and confronted them. Um, I remember it was like so popular; people lost their it minds over this. So pop, it was such yeah. a trend. It was I like know. people went mental for it. Yeah. 
Um, Dateline didn't actually organize the sting operations themselves. They had some group that was like known for trying to oh, okay. um, catch people. Um, they were criticized for this as well. Some people said they were trying to create news rather than just reporting on the news. Um, some even said that they were entrapping uh, people and that kind of thing. But I'd be like, oh, but if it's a I know. pedophile and they're trying to do stuff. Yeah, like, what mean... are you? Yeah. <laughs> There's then only so much the... entrapping anybody can do <laughs> I know. at some point, right? Uh, then one of the targets committed suicide, actually, one of the people, and the show was ultimately canceled because of that. Ooh. So, yeah. So, in 2005, this just good old, you know, news magazine noticed that their true crime stories were really resonating with viewers. So they created a two-hour series that focused on murder mysteries. Ooh. As one former producer described it, it's got good guys, bad guys, conflict over something that matters, suspense, and then resolution. The classic elements of drama and great storytelling. Yeah. Um, the show itself is a collaborative effort between producers and the correspondents. So producers write the like the initial drafts of the shows. They do mm -hmm. all like the sourcing and everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the hosts, they like rework it and they add their own little right. insights or whatever, their flavor to each episode. Right. So if it's Josh Mankiewicz, just like a whole bunch of sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just classic sarcasm everywhere. Yeah, pocket square. I love Josh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Lester Holt replaced Ann Curry as the host of Dateline in 2011 during his 20th season because Ann went off to host the Today Show or something. Okay. Um, so excuse me. Now we're gonna do the bios. Ooh, Are you ready? I'm ready. And nothing comes up that's like annoying or controversial so we don't have to hate any of these hosts <laughs> okay good thank god none of them are nazis or anything like that excellent keith had a questionable little blip he's canadian that mm -hmm, but i couldn't actually verify but i'll still mention it because it's kind of hilarious to me okay just okay. quickly just to like mm -hmm. before we move on to the next kind yeah, of section yeah. um i remember when dateline was like because we always watched Dateline in my house. Like, my family mm -hmm. always watched it. But I remember, because they'd ha every once in a while have, like, a true crime one. And that would be, like, our favorite thing. So I remember yeah. the time where it was, like, what's on date? Like, which what type of Dateline is it? Mm -hmm. Is it, like, a news story? Is it that to catch a predator? Like, or is it yeah. one that I'll actually like? Like, I always loved the true crime one. So I'd get yeah. so excited when those ones were on. So it's just so funny that that is... Like, how the trend went. Because that's basically all they do now. Do you remember, I was still living at that old house, and we watched the Saturday, like, the the mystery one. It was, like, two hours, and we were yeah. losing our minds. We had that, like, slumber party. Yes. And I think, yeah, I think I still had Karma, my Rottweiler. And she would, like, sneak onto Aww. the bed. Oh, my God. That time I woke up, and she was on my pillow, like, between us <laughs> kids. I'm like... How did you get here, dog? Anyway, sorry, totally. <laughs> Side note. But like, yeah, we were watching it so long ago. And yeah. it's so funny that as teens, we were just like, yeah, let's watch the latest mystery. <laughs> oh my gosh, totally. We were anyway. such old ladies. <laughs> I know. But it's such a good show. I know, it's so good. <laughs> um, Lester Holt. Okay. He's not gay, apparently. Apparently <laughs> I not. I totally thought he was. <laughs> I just have random facts here, people. Excellent. I didn't bother organizing this. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. He has a band called The Rough Cuts. No. <laughs> Made up. <laughs> Made yeah, up. He... <laughs> no, he doesn't. 
<laughs> what kind of band is it? A jazz band. He plays jazz flute. <laughs> For sure. Jazz flute. Oh, God. It's made up of Dateline editors and producers. He plays bass guitar and sings sometimes, too. <laughs> no way. Okay, bass guitar kind of makes sense for him. I kind of get that. Jazz flute. That's hilarious. He's like the most straight-laced person. I would love to see him let loose. I know, right? All right, so his he was born Lester Don Holt Jr. Okay. Um, he's officially known as an American journalist and news anchor for NBC Nightly News and Dateline NBC. He was the first African-American... <laughs> Yoka. <laughs> Which is a surprise to some people, apparently. <laughs> How it's a surprise to them, I don't know. <laughs> Still. <laughs> he was the first African-American to solo anchor a weekday network nightly newscast. That was a mouthful. Um, can I just say how sad it is? Like, Because I was like writing down like first African-American to solo... And I'm like, it's so sad that we live in the time that we're still experiencing firsts like that. Where it's like, I know. Why is it taking so like, long? Why to is just that be... a first? I yeah. That, like, like, how? Can we just get on with this already? Like, let's Seriously. all be tolerant and just, you know. <laughs> let's all be tolerant and not see color uh. like my mom. funniest thing ever um also side note i don't really get what the point of like i love lester but like what's his point on dateline he doesn't do any all he does I... is introduce them no i almost fell out of my chair <laughs> they're he like dateline did an with episode. lester holt i'm like no, he okay did, he actually did an episode what where yeah. he was like interviewing the people yes what? i almost flipped upside down i'm like lester what's he doing <laughs> he's really there? earning his paycheck that week <laughs> You know, I wonder too, but I actually enjoy having the little. I like him. Intro. It's just I never understood why he was featured so much because they actually say it's Dateline with Lester Holt. I'm like, so. I know. And then I didn't know that he was uh, like an actual news anchor for the longest time. Me neither. So I was like, who is this guy, and why should we care that he's? It's Dateline with him. Like it's adding some he credibility because he's an actual stuff. like yeah. anchor. <laughs> I know, like, he does all this other stuff, right? So he is probably somebody important, obviously. Yeah. And that's, I guess, just, like, the nature of the news magazine thing, where right away, like, you have the host, and then they're like, okay, let's go to our correspondent, right? Right, right. The other guys, they're just correspondents. They're not actually, like, you call them hosts, right? But... Yeah. (laughs) Poor Lester. I know. Um, He was born 1959 on Hamilton Air Force Base in California. He went to a public high school, Cordova High School in California, and he graduated in 1977. He then went to California State University, but did not graduate. He was majoring in government, but then he was probably like, give me a bass guitar. (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, Um, my gosh. His first on-air job was as a disc disc jockey at a country and western station. No way. Right? It's hilarious. He said, the only time I could land a full-time gig was if I was willing to report the news. So he kind of, I guess, oh, just really wanted to, like... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he had a good voice, and he's like, well, this is the only... Because with radio, I imagine you don't get a lot of money, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. 
I don't, because it's not very clear if he wanted just to be in the business, like, you know, presenting probably business. probably how he could, like, <laughs> break into it or something. I guess. Or it is just a money thing, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, full-time gig. Who right. talks like that gig right away with his bass guitar? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so he kept the job at the radio station through his college years. <laughs> okay. 1981, he was hired as a reporter for WCBS-TV in New York City. In 1982, he became, that's when I was born, he became a reporter and weekend anchor in L.A., so he went back there. I mean, that's Um, pretty good for, like, an African-American person, I would imagine, at that time. Oh, I know, right? Then he went back to the other job, for some reason. And then in 1986, he moved again to Chicago, where he spent 14 years anchoring the evening news. Whoa! Uh, Pretty impressive, huh? Yeah. He did some foreign correspondent stuff at this time as well. Um... Okay, in 2000, Lester Holt joined MSNBC. Then, not for long though, in 2003, he joined NBC News. He started as a substitute anchor on NBC Nightly News and The Today Show. It sounds like such a quick rise to me, but that's like already 20 years under his belt. Yeah, he was already an anchor, like a local anchor for 14 years or whatever, right? Yeah. 2007, he becomes anchor of the weekend edition of NBC Nightly News. and So before he was a substitute anchor, now he's like full-on anchor. Okay. And he does that for eight years. Whoa. Before he replaces Brian Williams as permanent anchor of the weekday edition. Whoa. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. So yeah, weekend. I always get those mixed up. So he was the weekend anchor and then Brian Williams yeah. was booted, I think, for that helicopter scandal or whatever. Oh. Where he claimed he was in the helicopter during some kind of war oh okay and then he was shot down but that didn't happen and they're like brian williams that didn't happen he's like how can i depend leaving. on you for the news if you mm-hmm. lied to us about that yeah some but that was a bit much like but yeah anyway um and of course he hosts dateline duh, 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 duh. fun fact <laughs> he made a cameo appearance in the film the fugitive did you know that what i didn't i'm like that's crazy that's crazy. A lot of them make cameos. It's quite funny. Um, he's done other films and TV shows as well. He has a bunch of awards. And he's married to Carol Hagen. And he has two sons. One of them is actually an anchor as well. Oh, no way. Cool. All right. I can't believe for... he's not gay. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know, I don't know I don't why. Know. Yeah, I don't know where. I there thought was that some, too. like, news story. Like, there was some article or yeah. some big release that he came out as gay. That's so interesting. Poor Carol. Maybe it was like a story that he was going to do about someone else coming out. Maybe. And the internet just didn't report it properly. I don't know. I don't know. We're moving on. Okay. Like, I love Lester Holt, whatever, but get out of here because we mostly care about our favorite four people. In the beginning, it was favorite three people. Right. Andrew came along and I'm like, I don't know about this Andrew girl. And then she's like... Still don't know about her, but she's, she's grown on me over the me years. Me too. I actually kind of... Man, her bright yeah. colors and her makeup choices are something. I know, but I love it. And now I, I love it. love that she's sassy and she seems to have like a really good sense of humor as well. And I'm like... Hmm, she does kind cool, of Andrew. like... She's actually pretty good about putting people in their place where she's like, yeah. but is that really like how it is? Because yeah. you just said this. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty I... good. You don't expect it from her for some reason. And that's so... Yeah, I don't expect it from her. But then I also I realize she's a little bit more hard-hitting than the other 
three. Yeah, where she is. She actually asked the questions yeah. that I'm thinking, where I'm like, good job, Andrea. I do totally. want to know. Totally. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, Dateline Dennis is first, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Murphy. We call him Dateline Dennis because it's not his, like, social media That's his, handle. Yeah, yeah. I they made it. them all get, like, Instagram things or whatever, like, <laughs> tried to get them to, you know, do the social media thing. And yeah. this is Dateline Dennis. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> apparently, Josh Mankiewicz is, like, uh, very active on Twitter. So that worked, actually. But Yeah, he's, like, very... As I know, he... With my favorite murder, he does. He's done a few like things with them. Like he's cool. I think he like he puts himself out there a lot, Aww. which is pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, just a very quick overview. Did, <laughs> sorry, Dennis Murphy, not Dateline Dennis, is an American t- <laughs> TV journalist. He won four Emmys for excellence in news reporting. Whoa! He regularly contributes to NBC News, NBC Nightly News, Dateline NBC, The Today Show, and NBC News at Sunrise. Whoa! Now. This part made me just flip upside down for a specific reason. It's so stupid. Okay, my brain... It, what, the fact's not stupid. My brain's stupid. He graduated from Georgetown Preparatory School in Maryland in 1965. I had to look into this further. I'm like, prep school? Also known as George, Georgetown Prep, it's a Jesuit college prep school for boys in 9th to 12th grade. It was the fourth most expensive boarding school in the U.S. in 2015. And it's the only Jesuit boarding school in the U.S. I just thought that was a little fun fact about Georgetown Prep. Oh, but my gosh. You guys, in one episode, Dateline Dennis, he's sitting there in his little sweatshirt, right? Casual sweatshirt. <laughs> and it had, like, some lint on it. And I'm like, first of all, where are the producers to, like, use a lint roller on his sweater? But I couldn't stop staring. And I'm thinking, Dennis, are you trying to be more like the commoners? I mean, if you went to this fancy, expensive <laughs> prep school... Right. <laughs> but I've seen He's just like one of us. like a sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps insisting on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love Dennis Murphy, though. Like his episodes. Anyway. He's uh, always, so, he's the one that's like the most forgettable for me. And I always think I don't like him. And then when I'm yeah. watching the episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, Dennis. Like, <sighs> I do like him. But it's the weird way... because I have this idea about him that I don't. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, I had the same thing where I'm like, oh, okay, but then when he actually, like, the way, I don't know how to put, like, his, is it, like, just the, like, the phrases he chooses? Yeah, yeah. They seem so old school and very specific, (laughs) and I love it. I'm like, where did you come up with that, Dennis? Anyway. Um, Then he went on to graduate from Williams College in Massachusetts in 1969. Um, That one was described as a private liberal arts college. I really went into the school thing here for all of them. (laughs) I was on, like, their own Wikipedia. Like, wiki pages, like, reading, like, the, <laughs> evo- like, how these schools, like, they change their names over time. I'm like, why am I looking into this? Anyway. <laughs> Williams College is a highly selective school. Ooh. It has ranked first in the U.S. News and World Reporting's rankings of national liberal arts colleges in every year since 2004. And has a ton of prominent alumni, including 14 billionaires. And I think some presidents Whoa. and stuff. Okay, so yeah, he's I'm like, like from money. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my notes. So our boy Dennis is Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> Funny. Oh yeah, and then there's the sweater thing. I was like, I rant about it even in my research. Um, he's married. He lives in Florida. Um, and I'm like, Florida. I assumed all the Dateline people had to live in the same place. I'm like, no, they don't have to. Oh, and yeah. their correspondence, of course, they're spread. 
And they're, they have to out. travel for each of the yeah. set, like the things anyway. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> we just have this idea that they all have to live in, like, the NBC backlot, like, in the studio somewhere, just sleeping on a bench, all huddled up. <laughs> oh my god, our brains are exactly the same, because I make, I make a similar joke later. Anyway. Okay, his early career. He was a desk assistant at WCBS-TV in New York. He was a reporter for King TV, which was an NBC affiliate in Seattle, Washington, and he worked as an assignment editor, producer, and reporter in Houston, Texas. His time at NBC started in 1982. Holy cow. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I was like, I was bored and the world said, get Dennis on Dateline fast. Carlo's coming. I was like, <laughs> what is I'm so stupid. <sighs> yeah, the world revolves around me. So eventually, in 1983, he was assigned to Miami, um, and from this point, he could more easily travel through Central and South America, where he covered things like the invasion of uh, Granada, the Civil War in Nicaragua and El Salvador, and even stuff like deadly earthquakes and drug lords in general, right? He was just yeah. on it. He became a foreign correspondent for today, um, and he reported all over the world for things like German unification like Margaret Thatcher stuff, funerals for heads of state, like, he's seen it all. He cool. was, fun fact, he was at the Berlin Wall the night the first West Berliner climbed it in defiance of border guards below. So the... Whoa. Yeah, is that crazy? Cool. Um, he covered all kinds of wars, and he won his first Emmy for a report on revolution in Romania in 1989. Whoa. But then, a magical day comes along in May 1994, <laughs> or did it? Dateline Dennis becomes a correspondent with Dateline NBC. 1984. That's crazy. That is crazy. Right? Okay, so I was, like, trying to think of, like, the terms that he uses, and I couldn't really, like, remember any. Um, so I was, like, watching some interviews with all of the correspondents, right, to kind of get, remind myself of what they're like, right? Yeah, their little mannerisms and their yeah. sayings and stuff, yeah. <laughs> He's being interviewed. He said some, like, I won't give context, but he just said, we're going to sit and yak, <laughs> which makes me laugh. That isn't, we're going to sit and chat and talk. It's yak, because I say yakking all the time, and I'm like, it's so old school. That is so old school. Quote, never say that anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, another quote is, whatever the jam is, she'd figure it out. Again, <laughs> see? He's trying to be so casual. I'm just a regular person, you guys. Don't worry. Say I'm not that super rich. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an everyman. <laughs> Are you, though? Dennis Murphy of the Billionaire Murphys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so this is a random cute moment. So Taylor Swift is a huge fan of Dateline. Um, okay. And Dennis Murphy actually went to say hello to her after a show in Miami. That she yeah. did in Miami. And this is his account of the moment. Um, I said, hi, Taylor, I'm Dennis. <laughs> And she said with a big smile, I know who you are. And and he said, like, an out-of-body moment. She knows me? The journalist Aww. explained, noting that Swift and his wife Marilyn talked cats for a bit. Aww. <laughs> so cute. cute. <laughs> he works on his Dateline stories in his spare room. Um, he records the voiceovers in his closet and ah. connects with producers, like, remotely. So he can just do a lot of stuff from home. Like, Oh, my God. Like, we could be on Dateline with I our know. closet set up. Yeah. Right, except I wouldn't okay. want to do any of the interviews or traveling or anything. I'd be like, I would bring the criminals to me. 
<laughs> you want the criminal shipped to your house so you can interview them? What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, you did it. Um, he said in an interview, I have way too many guitars and I bang around on them. <laughs> we sit by the pool. We go to dinner. It all works for me. We have good friends. And I'm like... His voice, the way oh he talks, it's exactly how he talks on Dateline. It's adorable. Like he, that's how he describes. Things <laughs> yeah, where on the it's show. just like the like da da da. Like he yeah. has these little short yes. kind of sentences. Like he just states a fact. It kind of right. Like, it's yeah. so that like classic <laughs> style. Then there's Keith, who's just uh, Keith very is poetic. Best. Keith is my favorite. <laughs> I know. Next, Andrea Canning. Ooh. She was born in 1972. Is, okay. And she is a Canadian-American journalist and writer. She's Canadian? Right. Crazy. Oh, I didn't know she that. She has the best bio. Just wait. Okay. She joined Dateline in October 2012, and she contributes to other NBC platforms, such as Today, NBC Nightly News, and MSNBC. She's also a fill-in anchor and news anchor on Today and Weekend Today. Whoa. She is also a writer for Hallmark Channel and Lifetime Movies. Oh, boy. And <laughs> I noticed a trend lately, <laughs> last couple of years, of, like, they're doing a lot of, like, murder kind of mystery things, or, like, women running away from psychos and stalkers and stuff. I'm like, yeah. Andrea, is that you? Because <laughs> it's such a popular thing. I'm like, maybe they... Like, I know oh they gosh. always had the criminals. Remember that Jewel guy we keep mentioning yeah. on the show? Or yeah, I think Caught they're, that. Like, yeah, leaning into the true crime <laughs> obsession. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's crazy that she's a writer, though, for that stuff. Right? I don't know why that's so shocking to me. Also, like, I'd Hallmark is problematic. But I'm oh, not going to no. say more, because it like, could be, like, held liable <gasps> for a certain thing. Okay. <laughs> but, like, problematic <laughs> in more okay. ways than just it's a Is this something I could like, research and find out on my own somehow? May- without possibly. Without anything? Okay. Possibly. Maybe we'll do an origin story. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just very, a very and for legal reasons, we absolutely no help from you. But we never get help with (laughs) each other's research. So it's just lawyers. It's a very religious background. So just think of all of those things. You know, I think they're against a lot of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wonder if Lifetime is kind of like the counter thing for that. I don't know because one of the networks there. Oh, maybe W. It's either W or Lifetime where they have like tons of like same sex stories now where I'm like shocked thinking like, oh, whoa, they're definitely not Hallmark. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And now they're all closed. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Andrea was born in Blue Mountain, Ontario and grew up in Collingwood, Ontario. She graduated from the University of Western Ontario with a degree in psychology in 1984. Hey, that's where my niece is going. No way. She... (laughs) It's like there's like one major university in each province. Why am I so surprised? <laughs> no, there's lots of universities out east. Yeah, it's only I know. Out here but that there's I like to make fun. <laughs> she also studied radio and television arts at Ryerson Polytechnic University, which is now known as Toronto Metropolitan University. Ryerson oh, they changed has had the name. Long... Oh yeah, they changed the name a lot. I'm like again down the oh. rabbit hole of that university. <laughs> Would you like to do universities? Shut up. Next this time? is the, the two-in-one episode, okay? <laughs> she does a little bit of back and forth between Canada and the U.S. between 1996 to the 2000s before she ends up at ABC News in 2004. Um, I love her little thing here. At some point, she was an intern on the TV show Baywatch. I don't know when. It aired from 89 to 99, so somewhere in there. Okay. 
She <laughs> she also shared a house with Ryan Seacrest, and I imagine Beverly Hills 90210 complex full of people who want to be TV hosts. Oh my god! Basically, probably right. And so your joke like, just what? made me laugh like earlier because I'm like, oh my gosh, they actually shared a house, and I'm like, okay, Ryan Seacrest is somebody that I know almost nothing about. He's like yeah. so secretive in my mind, yeah. like, but he is this like powerhouse. Like, do you remember watching the very first American Idol thing? And we're like, who is this annoying little punk? And yeah. there were the two things. And he was the, the one that was so irritating. But he's yes. the one that stayed as the host. Oh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. There were two of oh, them. There was yeah. a dark haired guy and then Ryan Seacrest. And then mm-hmm. so I thought that he was just the, this host that he just popped up out of nowhere as the yeah. host for American Idol. But then he's, like, producing everything he produced, the Kardashian. Like, he was yeah. this behind-the-scenes, like, mega, like, producer mm-hmm. or something. I don't know why I'm talking about him so much in depth, but, like, I need to, <laughs> I need to know his origin well? story. <laughs> okay, next week, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Um, 96 to 97, she was an assignment editor for the entertainment news show Extra. 97 to 99, she worked as a reporter and anchor in Ontario. In 1999 oh to 2001, she goes back to the U.S. to work in Florida. Um, at some point, she was a morning anchor in Mississippi. Okay, so from 2004 to 2012, she was a correspondent for ABC News. Okay. And she covered all kinds of big stuff, like White House stuff, Congress, Supreme Court garbage, the Iraq War, so serious kind of. So she's yeah. kind of like shifting from she's entertainment kind of done to... all of it, like entertainment to like hard-hitting stuff to Hallmark right. movies. Like, what is happening? I know, so it's kind of like perfect for a news magazine magazine show. Yeah. Um, in 2011, she did an interview with Charlie Sheen for 2020. Um, the interview was a sensation was because Charlie Sheen was like... When he was going nuts. This one, he was a little... He was sort of nuts. He seemed okay. a little more during like his supposed sober phase, I think, because I watched a little bit of it. Okay. Um, but I mean, anything he did at the time, people were like, people and she were was grilling him a little bit, where she's kind of like, you know, oh, okay. Um, it just yeah, and so from that, because everyone was obsessed with Charlie Sheen losing his mind, right? Um, again, for legal reasons, Charlie. In case you're ever going to hear this, <laughs> I'm not saying you lost your mind. <laughs> We're just saying we perceived it as you. Yes, we perceived it as such. We felt that way. Um, (laughs) But people were like, hey, who's that interviewing him? Right. So her profile, like, right, right, right. That interview. Yeah, it kind of launched her a little bit. Yeah. Uh, And she isn't the only one doing cameos. She appeared as a news anchor in Hallmark's Ruby Herring mystery movies. Right. Um, she joined NBC News in October 2012 12, as a Dateline correspondent, and she does other NBC News things as well. She's married to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Bancroft. They have five daughters and one son. Yeah, they have a million uh, kids. I know. She, okay, rabbit hole time. She is a member of Alpha Gamma Delta. I'm like, what is that? Because I'm like, a sorority in Canada? Like, do we have them? I don't remember this. We do, apparently. Yikes. But this isn't a Canadian thing. <gasps> Alpha Gamma Delta is an international women's fraternity and social organization. Right? Like what? Like a secret society for women. Uh, it's just a fraternity. Like or, you don't have to be in a school. Why is it a fraternity, a not a sorority? Sorority? I don't know. Mm. It was founded in, founded in 1904 by 11 female students at Syracuse University. 
It has over 200,000 members. They offer social, academic, leadership type of like benefits for people. But they also do a lot of charitable work. So I think it's just a way okay. to kind of... It's like a big networking kind of thing. Yeah. Probably. That's cool. I didn't realize um, that there were, like, I guess it makes sense that there were things like that outside of schools. Yeah. It's just you okay. just associate those specific, like, like alpha, gamma, whatever, like the yeah. sorority fraternity type things specifically with schools. But it's interesting that it exists outside of it. Unless it's almost like chapters or whatever. Like there's oh, one yeah. big head thing and then they Like the Hells Angel has different chapters. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing as the Hells Angels, just different. Ooh, future topic. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of like her sense of humor, like just the way she talks. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a Town & Country interview I found. It's on Town & Country, the website. I think everybody should read it because it's pretty cute. Um, They asked her why she thinks true crime stuff is so popular, and this was part of her answer. Um, She said, so many families look perfect from the outside, but there's so many secrets behind those walls. Like, what is your neighbor really doing? Because so many of these stories just seem like normal people, right? And everyone always says the same thing. This does not happen around here. It's always the same story. No one's ever like, oh, yeah, we just had a murder down the street. (laughs) (laughs) In that same interview, um, they asked if she was a true crime fan before getting involved with Dateline. And she said that she was. She was very young when she saw a Lifetime one-hour special on Lori Bembenek. I don't know how to say it. And that case was, there was an American former police officer who was convicted for the 1981 murder of her ex-husband's, of her husband's ex-wife. She had escaped prison and was captured in Ontario. So maybe there was like (laughs) that kind of fascination with like a local story, right? Like, yeah, yeah. She said she was transfixed by the show. And this is the cutest fun fact. She wrote a book when she was eight called A Murder Mystery. (laughs) Quote. This is from her. She said, it had a knife with blood on it on the cover that I had drawn. And I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what was wrong with me? I did read all the Agatha Christie books from a young age. I read Nancy Drew. I read The Hardy Boys. Um, yeah, it's just really cute interview. So everybody should read oh it. Oh, my god! And how adorable is that? She finds a book with like... <laughs> That's of a bloody hilarious. Night. I love that. I know. It's so cool. I love that she's hosting Dateline now because it's like, you just yeah. love it, Andrea. I like that she's like she's got a bit more depth than I kind of like thought that she did. Yeah, I like I that she, she kind of has not such a linear um, progression. Yeah. Like she went to school for what psychology you said, yeah. and like did all this other stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I know, and then she's more into writing than it, like you know just being on TV as a journalist, news reporter kind of thing. Yeah, which is yeah. Fine. Like, but it's you know. Um, next, Josh Mankiewicz. Josh, you guys, his biography is so short. Finding anything on this guy is impossible. He was born I want to know where he got his sarcasm from. Right. Born 1955 in Berkeley, California. He joined Dateline in 1995. He has reported for the Today Show, NBC Nightly News, and Sunday Night with Megyn Kelly. Um, before he worked at NBC, he worked at ABC. Okay, so everybody kind of... It seems like everybody just left ABC and they're like, Hi, NBC. <laughs> or NBC's just good at poaching. Yeah. Um, this was the worst fact I've ever seen about anybody because it's like, I feel like this can't be accurate. This is not how I would like describe Josh. But anyway, the Wikipedia page, mind you, um, says he may be best known for his Dateline NBC report on the Atkins diet. 
In the piece, he showed his personal progress on the diet. I'm like, of all the things to say that that's what he's most known for, I'm like, who wrote this? <laughs> and that's Maybe because at the it. time I, that was like the thing. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, update your thing there. Um, it was really hard to find any trustworthy information mm. on him. So I just have a few bits and bobs that seem to kind of come up here and there. Um, his father was Robert F. Kennedy's press secretary. What? His grandfather is, I knew this, but his grandfather is the famous screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz. He, he's the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. What? Uh-huh. No way. His granduncle was a famous screenwriter, producer, and director, Joseph L. Mankiewicz. And this is the most fun fact ever for me. I knew this already, but still. Um, I'm a huge fan of Turner Classic Movies. And yeah. one of the hosts on there is um is it the younger brother? it's ben mankowitz is the host and that's um josh's younger brother yeah so anyway, and you all watch turner classic movies he has another does he have another brother named john mankowitz he might because there is somebody who's like a producer or a director or something of that mentalist show that i keep watching and i see uh, it every time it comes up could be so I'm like, because that's quite an unusual last name. And if they've yeah. got a history of being in, like, showbiz. Yeah. And it's funny that they, everyone pronounces it that way, because that's yeah. kind of not how a Polish person would read it. So I'm just like, yeah. huh? Anyway, but, yeah, they're just old Hollywood kind of family, cool. I guess. Oh, crazy. That's where he gets his sarcasm from. He's like, yeah. I don't need to be here, but I am here. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> You do, like, a really good impression of Josh. That was good, right? That was really good. It was effortless, too. <laughs> it comes to me so easily. You also have a judgmental eyebrow raise. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. See? <laughs> judgmental sarcasm. <laughs> Some people have resting bitch face. That's what I have. <laughs> That's me. Um, he is married. He graduated. Oh, just going back. He graduated from, because <laughs> I had to do the school, uh, from... <laughs> Haverford College in 1977, which was a private liberal arts college, which actually began as a men's college <laughs> run by the Quakers. And they began accepting <laughs> non-Quakers in 1849. <laughs> I love that you picked the most relevant information to Gosh. Anyway, and why would anyone want to repeat that fact is my question. <laughs> like, did you know? All right. He's been on Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's his fun little oh, no cameo. Way. And he's also very active on Twitter, as I mentioned. Some people are lumping Natalie Morales into the host thing. I've seen one episode of Dateline that she hosted, and I'm oh, like, okay. Isn't she new? Eh. They, I think she is, and I'm not happy. Because they it. tried to add another woman. Is what yeah. my, like recently. And, but you know me. I'm going to be judgmental and blah, blah, until she until, proves herself. And then I'll be yeah, like, but we felt <laughs> the same way about Andrea. Yeah. I still feel that way about Dennis Murphy for some reason. <laughs> Poor Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> you respect oh him, darn it. And I felt the same way about Josh. Basically, anybody that wasn't Keith Morrison for a long time, I was really suspicious. Where I'm like, nah, I don't know if I'm going to like you. I know. Because we just loved. <laughs> well, okay. And the Keith OG, Morrison. even before 
Keith Morrison. And it wasn't on Dateline. It was, um, what's it called? American Justice. Bill Curtis <gasps> is like the original Bill best best Curtis. correspondent anchor host yes. type person. And that with the guy best who, voice. Yeah. I like Bill Curtis best. But that guy who's also on A&E, but he sounded City a Confidential. Yeah. Paul whatever. Yes. He he was just like he was drunk or something. He was having a stroke at all times. Because all I needed was American Justice and then the big long um, Pride and Prejudice from BBC thing. Yes, right. And City Confidential, American Justice, City Confidential, and then yeah, all that stuff. And then remember that um, that reality show that we watched for a while on there when they were starting to get into reality shows. No, Victoria Gotti. Oh, okay. No, the one where it was the family that owned a funeral home. Yes. It was so good. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. That's when they started doing reality TV, yeah. and then it just was downhill after that. I know. Anyway, wow. Um, Real sidetrack. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Okay. Last one, you guys. Keith Morrison. Yes. Correspondent Keith Morrison thinks there's something else to the show's appeal, though. This is mid-sentence from an article. Okay. <laughs> This is what Keith said. The one thing that you know when you're watching a true true crime story is that you're able to see those sort of outline behaviors people get involved in, and you're able to see, hopefully, how the wrongs are righted or how the bad people get caught and put away. Mm. The notion of justice, injustice corrected by something that creates a balance of justice seems to be so central to the human experience, and especially so in a time as complex and uncertain as the one we're in. So that's Keith for you, where he's all like... Yeah, she's deep and everything and i'm like keith (laughs) he wasn't keen to do the show in the beginning um quote i sort of had to be dragged into the murder business he told the los (laughs) angeles times it just didn't seem right somehow we were taking these intensely affecting deeply personal incidents in people's lives and making entertainment from them but morrison who has worked as a correspondent for dateline since 1995 recognized that true crime wasn't going anywhere Now, he believes that the show helps expose the shortcomings of the justice system in the U.S., which he called flawed everywhere. We have a number of cases where you get to know an individual who you know for a fact, or as close to a fact as you can get, has been falsely convicted, he said. They're sent off to prison, and prison terms in the U.S. are very long, so they may be sent away for life or up to 50 years. You know they're innocent, but the process of trying to undo a mistake once made is so difficult. The decision of a jury is cast in concrete, and it takes decades to chip away at it. So, Ugh. that's a bit behind the scenes yeah. stuff. Side note, this one guy in... Meanwhile, meanwhile in Canada, this <laughs> one guy, we... At the courts, I didn't know this, decided that you you can't um, do consecutive life sentences. It has to be... Concurrent? Yeah. Like, at the same time? Yeah. So, this one guy who had... A bunch of life sentences put on him. I forgot who it was. Just recently. It's okay. Like, he's still eligible for parole in 25 years, technically. That's crazy. Like, some of that stuff is so crazy to me. Like, when you hear sentences of certain things and you're like, mm-hmm. some somebody for, like, attempted murder mm. gets, like, five years in jail. And somebody else who, like, yeah. um, for manslaughter, like, crashed their car and accidentally killed somebody gets, like, 25 years in jail. You're like, how... 
does yeah. that happen? Like, just because someone sucked at actually murdering the person, but their intent was fully <laughs> to kill them, they get, yeah. like, or rape, or, like, it's just the sentencing yeah. stuff is so weird to me. And if they do so me. many crimes that are really heinous, and then they just serve all of that time at once, I think is the worst. I'm That's like, crazy. Your I'm like, don't, you can't then. be efficient with your, sen- your like, prison time then right. you need to be in there the rest of your like until you die yeah like life needs how to be are you reflecting on everything at the same time it's like yeah no anyway and why do they bother with the parole thing chance of parole like, yeah yeah good behavior <laughs> sorry that was a bit of a rant anyway oh my god <laughs> so what was keith doing before dateline you ask Ooh, i do ask. it all starts in a little city in saskatchewan canada where the yellow wheat blows in the wind. <laughs> no, but for real. Keith was born in 1947 in Lloyd Minster, Saskatchewan. Ooh. He at- Can you believe that? Saskatchewan? You guys- I know, it's crazy. He attended the University of Saskatchewan. <laughs> he got a bachelor's degree in history, apparently. Um, one site said that he had initially planned on becoming a lawyer. A dream that fell apart when the 20-year-old failed law school. So, I didn't know that happened. Morrison had no idea what he wanted to do with his life, and his father pulled some strings and got him a summertime job filling in for a minister in a nearby town. Um, he didn't feel that being a minister was his calling, though. So, mm-hmm. he returned home, and a neighbor offered him, um, just without any experience, a job as a reporter at a radio station. Um, sorry, a newspaper editor who managed a radio station hired Morrison to be a reporter. Oh, okay. There we go. Yep. Sorry, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> so Keith Morrison's career began in the 60s, really. He was a reporter and anchor at local stations in Saskatchewan and then in Vancouver and Toronto. He read the news on CTV in 1973, but he also worked as a reporter, weekend anchor, and as a producer. In 1975, he became a reporter on CTV National News and became a substitute anchor on the show from 1976 to 1979. So it was CTV times. Then he joined CBC. These are all big networks in Canada, guys. Um, he joined CBC in 1982, again as a substitute anchor and as the chief political correspondent for um, a nightly public affairs program called The Journal. Ooh. He also helped to create a show called Midday, which was a noon hour news magazine for the network. So he's kind of into this news magazine thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, In 86, he moves to L.A. to become the 5 p.m. and 11 p.m. news anchor for KNBC-TV. Whoa! Because his voice, right? You listen to Keith Morrison. You guys, just Google Keith Morrison if you don't know him. Listen to his voice. It's like, no wonder L.A. scooped him up. Well, and I love that, like, on the podcast anyway, like the Dateline podcast, at Christmas time, they always have a thing of him reading. um, Yeah like Christmas stories and stuff like Twas the Night Before yeah. Christmas in like his Keith Morrison ways. Do you remember years ago when it's the only time I ever downloaded that app Waze, the yes. yeah. map app, because they would have famous people that would do like the voice over for the directions on the map. Yeah. And GPS Keith Morrison kind of, yeah. was, yeah, the GPS map guy. It was the yeah. funniest thing, and I wish I would pay for it now if I could always have Keith Morrison on my GPS I know. app. It was epic because he it did was the, the classic best. Dateline type jokes, like while he's giving you directions. Yeah, like, he would be like, um, t- turn "Like your, uh, yeah, your destination oh, yeah. is 
is up on the left, or is it? <laughs> like you will arrive at your destination in five minutes, or will you? <laughs> it was so so good. Funny, like it was the best thing ever, and I've actually yeah. looked over the years. I've like periodically looked for it to see if I can like yeah. get it or pay for it or something, yeah. and there's no finding it anywhere. I know, and I'm like people. <laughs> oh, it was the best. Um, where was I? Okay, so he goes to LA. Then in '88, he becomes a West Coast correspondent for NBC News. Um, he covered the Tiananmen Square protests in 1989 and created. Whoa. An acclaimed documentary, I don't know what it was though, and segments for various NBC programs. In 1992, he came back to Canada to become the co-anchor of the leading national morning news program called uh, called Canada AM on CTV. Whoa. He did substitute anchoring again for the national news, and some people expected he would take over Lloyd Robertson's position. Or was he? In 1995, <laughs> the network shook things up and booted Keith. So here's this scandal that I can't find any evidence for. One little site mentioned that Keith apparently called Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, what's his name? And Mulroney canceled an interview because of it. Oh. So I honestly couldn't find anything about this. Like, no stories, nothing. Okay, so I feel like this might be, I don't know if it's made up or a joke. Maybe somebody got onto the wiki page. I don't know. But So I just listened to, so on My Favorite Murder, they just had Keith Morrison on as a guest for like a <gasps> no! little interview thing. So oh some of the gosh. stuff I was like, I, we just listened to it like just the other day. Nice. Um, but he doesn't like go into like great detail about like this, all the stuff you're mentioning. But he did talk about that and it's interesting to me that it was Lloyd Robertson because he didn't say Dang. who the anchor was that he was being like like he was told that he would share the position with this like top oh. anchor guy with the like kind of setting him up on the path to eventually take over from this guy when he retired yeah. and just or whatever people right? said on that same thing they said that he was um suggested that or people at the network thought that Keith was trying to like take like the job, hone like, in on it yeah, yeah yeah well and it was like so but he said he still to this day was never given an explanation for why he was fired uh, like i don't know if that's true or not but like he can kind of say whatever he wants but he yeah. said he was like i don't know what happened there and they were kind of speculating like the girls were kind of speculating that yeah. like well maybe there was an ego involved like maybe this mm-hmm. other anchor like suddenly was like oh this young whippersnapper is gonna come right. in and take my job kind of or whatever who knows the politics oh, okay. behind it all but I was like I didn't know anything about it and he Me was either. saying like because they kind of the girls kind of alluded to this like scandal that was happening and I was like I didn't know that there was any kind of scandal mm-hmm. there okay. so that's interesting that you can't there's not really that much information about it. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Because I bet CBC or whatever is, you know, or was it CTV at the time? CTV. They probably, like, maybe they needed some reason to boot him. Yeah. And maybe somebody just was like, like, if Keith just casually in a writer's room or something said, what's his name? But totally in the context of can't remember, right? Like, innocently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if somebody like, they're finding a reason. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. That's interesting. Love that they talked to him. That's so cool. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he ended up back at NBC in 1995 as correspondent for Dateline. 
Fun uh-huh. fact, he has had cameo appearances in Seinfeld. And not only that, it's what? in my favorite episode episodes of all time called The Trip. There's part one and part two. He oh said he gosh. still gets residuals <laughs> for it. Around $5 a month, he said. <laughs> no way. If anyone hasn't seen The Trip episodes. Is that trip, when Kramer goes to L.A.? Yes. Oh. When Kramer is suspected of being a serial killer. <laughs> And Jerry and George end up in the back of this cab, and they start fighting like little kids. Oh, it's the funniest thing. My God! And then Kramer just babbling on and on, and Jerry's yeah, like, "Kramer, they're... what the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> one of the most absurd and just best episodes in the world of any show. Yeah, there are a lot of classics in that those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as for his personal life, he married Suzanne Perry. She is a writer, consultant, one-time news anchor, and political fundraiser. She was also press secretary to Pierre Trudeau at some point, I guess. No way. They have a bunch of kids. I don't really know. I kind of lost interest because I don't really want to delve into people's personal lives that much. But um, I counted four in their own marriage. And Keith had one from a previous marriage. And then he became stepfather, I'm guessing, because Matthew Perry... Matthew Perry. Is Suzanne Perry's kid, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's his stepdad. Yeah. Now, I know we're running long, but I have to share this whole thing with you guys because I think it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> um, I found an article on the Us Magazine website. It's called Keith Morrison, 25 Things You Don't Know About Me. Do you oh want to hear this gosh. or should I just let people I, look yes, at it? Yes, I want to okay. hear it. <laughs> so he exclusively dishes 25 things you might not know about him. Okay. Number one, I get a bit sad when breakfast is over. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Oatmeal with blueberries is a super comfort food. He apparently okay. is really into healthy eating and stuff. Um, I'm shy to a fault and very nervous when speaking to a live audience. It's just different from being on TV. Go figure. Oh my gosh. Number three, I was premier in a Canadian mock parliament the same year I flunked out of college. I loved uh, politics. Studying, not so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Number four, the first time I saw my wife was on TV as she accompanied her boss, Canada's first prime minister, Trudeau, to some meeting. I knew pretty much right then. That's so sweet. Aw. Um, first sight thing. Um, I don't believe in bad luck, yet. <laughs> <laughs> I own far too many pairs of Converse sneakers. Yes. I love his Converse. Sometimes. I know. I'm left-handed. No way. I I didn't know. Yeah. I used to like <laughs> I used to like woodworking. Bad idea. While helping my wife with a construction project, I sliced off my left thumb. <gasps> uh, an expert surgeon rebuilt the thing, did the best anyone could, and my giant white bandage gave a new look to my newscast. <laughs> oh my gosh. My mantra is understand but do not judge. Easier said than done. Mm. Few things are sweeter than a morning walk with my wife and our golden doodle. So Aww. sweet. Being interviewed by Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell comes pretty close, though. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm afraid of big roller coasters. During Dateline's pre-true crime era, guess who was si- who was assigned to ride and report on them? <laughs> oh no! Like, and what were those episodes? Yeah, really. <laughs> um, this one's the best. I once appeared on an episode of Blossom as a TV host covering Blossom's run for student president. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I loved doing stories about animals during Dateline's early days. They're fascinating and live for far richer lives than we give them credit for. Aww. Could we love Keith anymore? Because, come on. this guy. I know. I once enjoyed calligraphy, then that thumb thing. Now my scrawl is barely (laughs) legible. Aww. Aww. 
I've learned that most people are warm, friendly, and often generous. Also, everyone lies. That's number 18. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rules for interviewing. Prepare. Number one, prepare. Number two, listen intently. Apparently, side note, a uh, producer said that he has a photographic memory. Really? She gives him all this information, all these notes and everything. And he comes, he, he sat down for the first time when she, he worked with her. Yeah. And he had no notes or anything. And she was insulted, like, so what? Like, my stuff is Yeah, rubbish. like, she's not like, prepared or something? Yeah. yeah. And he just remembered everything. And Whoa. she's like, okay. But. Crazy. Um, number 20. My only black leather jacket was a gift from my daughter, Emily. It's one of a kind. Uh, 21. It was a very strange experience to discover Bill Hader was doing a wickedly funny parody of me <laughs> on SNL. I was flattered and embarrassed at the same time. <laughs> 22. For years, I wondered what I'd say if I ever ran into him. Meeting him was a thrill. Turns out he was wondering the same thing. That's Aww. actually on YouTube if anyone Bill wants Hader. to see Bill Hader meeting Keith Morrison. It's adorable. Uh, I think I might have seen that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 23. I drink far too much Diet Cola. Um, 24, I was tongue-tied when I met Lady Gaga at a fundraiser before A Star is Born. Um, she's <laughs> saying, La Vie en Rose. I'm told Bradley Cooper was in the audience. <laughs> so funny, just random thing. Um, 25, one of my favorite lines is by Dr. Seuss in Horton Hears a Who. A person's a person, no matter how small. But imagine that in Keith Morrison's voice. Oh my god! And gosh. you can actually hear that, because in, in an interview on YouTube, he does the little he says it. thing mm-hmm. and that's it that's Yay. our episode oh my gosh can i just add one more little thing about yes. keith morrison if people are interested you need to go find the instagram account called keith leans on things <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's literally keith leaning on things let me just double check it's just keith oh no i think it's oh, oh maybe. It leans? anyway it's just keith Morrison like leaning on different things because that's kind of his thing in all the Dateline like correspondent things where he stands in some setting and he leans on a fence or he like he'll walk. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Keith leans on things. Yeah. 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 And at one point he actually shows up at this woman's house and he leans like there's a picture of her. He leans on her (laughs) on the woman who has the Keith leans on things. Yeah. It was like so epic. I'm like, that's so awesome. (laughs) It was a while ago. I think it was a few years ago, potentially. It's so funny. I just love that he's like playful with stuff like that. It's so yeah, cool. like he has a good sense of humor about himself, and like yeah. he doesn't take himself too seriously, which is like the coolest thing. Yeah, yay! Um, I love that. Good job, my friend. Thanks. I had so much. I have never had more fun <laughs> researching. I was so happy to do it. I'm like, this is amazing. And you've never like, learned so much about the various universities and colleges. You guys, uh, who would have thought? <laughs> that they all play music and this and that and yeah Dr. they should Seuss start their own like band all together <laughs> spoken word um jazz they'll just be hey, keith morrison lester sings all lester right. on the jazz flute <laughs> <laughs> andrea on the tambourine um josh Mankwitz will have the triangle and then just, like, random little dennis murphy on the drums <laughs> so for some reason he plays guitar so dennis oh. plays guitar okay Lester on okay, bass. actually, already. Okay. Keith sings. Okay. Because of his voice, I'm guessing. Or spoken Andrea. word. Andrea. Tambourine. Tambourine, obviously. No, what's up? Drums. We obviously. <laughs> she needs yeah. to. Or Josh. Josh, Josh Mankowitz on the drums, yeah. 
I feel like Josh could do a really sarcastic single triangle note. Ding. That's why I said single triangle for him, because it's like the funniest. Yeah. He'd take it so seriously. It'd be okay, like a more cowbell. Then. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Well, now that that's settled. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Remember to like, subscribe, and review. It really helps us out. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at podcast.or.something or write to us at podcast or something at gmail.com. And we will talk to you later or something. Bye. Bye.